Hello? You couldn't have waited. This is, um... That's Chris. Anything about Quiet Time Podcast. I'm just warming up my stomach for, uh... It's Thursday, so Are you stretching it out. Yeah, if yeah. you get it fuller, then you'd be able to put more in it. That's exactly right, you Rochelle. Know, people get it wrong. They diet the week before Thanksgiving. They shrink their stomach. What are they doing? <laughs> no, actually, that's probably the right thing to do. What's today's episode about? Uh, gluttony? No, it's actually about self-control. So it kind of is about gluttony, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, this is the Fruit of the Spirit series of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, where usually Rochelle and I will go over what she's going through in her quiet time, what I'm mm-hmm. going over my quiet time. Uh, but we've been covering these Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And here we are at the last one. Yeah. And it was several weeks ago, I guess it was in my quiet time where I just experienced this aha moment where it's like I'm not looking at myself the way God looks at me. And not just outward appearance, but on the inside as well. And I'm making disparaging remarks about myself and I'm listening to the enemy's lies and buying into it, Carter. And so it's like, okay, actually how God sees me is fully restored through his spirit and these things that we have access to called the fruit of the spirit. I guess let's just start. We'll I mean, because we, uh, first of all, you can catch up, by the way, at the, uh, you know, hopeondemand.com, or obviously you're listening to this wherever you get your podcasts. And so gentleness and kindness and joy and love and peace and all the ones we've gone over. But this is one that I find that in today's society, it's, it, it, you, I guess you could look at it two different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, self-control from sin, but then also self-control for a specific sin, which is running our mouths right now oh, <laughs> with okay. this divisiveness yeah. and the fact that we don't have to be, you know, you, you've seen those people online or maybe in person. I'm just an open book. Take it or like it or t- take it or leave it. I just, I am who I am. Mm-hmm. No, you have the self-control to shut your mouth. <laughs> mm. I mean, really? I mean, if you're a believer in Jesus. Well, yeah, if, well, actually you do still have control over your tongue. Unless you have, and and I I am not meaning this in an ugly way. I know that some people struggle with control over the things that come out of their mouth, if it's Tourette's or something like that. But uh, no, no, for the most part, most of us have, it's a choice. So how do we, what's the word? Turn, I don't know, flip the switch, keep it on so that we don't, we don't lose it on people. Specifically with these fruit of the spirit, um, one one uh, resource I, I love using gotquestions.org, mm-hmm. and it talks about just a reminder of what the fruit of the spirit is. It is the change in our character that comes about because of the Holy Spirit's work in us, which is true of all the fruit. Yeah, but yeah. specifically, this change involves abstaining from doing the knee jerk response. Okay. Thing. Yeah. And it's really a physical. It's more so last week we were talking about gentleness, which is really meekness and a humbling of ourselves in spirit. So that if like that we use the general um um analogy where the general has the ability, the general has the information that he needs to go to war with this certain strategy, but he steps down because his commander in chief asks him to, and choosing to humble himself to that authority and to submit to that authority. Self-control, it's it's a different situation. It's grabbing the reins of our physical lusts, desires, mm-hmm. the things that we, I mean, just in the moment are feeling. And so we're choosing to re- react instead of respond. We've talked about the difference there but as well. And uh, it's, it's a big one because here's the thing. We were talking about the tongue. There is no other thing. It, it, 
that you can think of where good and bad both can come from the same spigot. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's either water coming out of that faucet or it's Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola machine. It's it's one thing, right? And the tongue gives you good and it gives you bad. And of course, it's up to us embracing the control that's offered to us through the Holy Spirit and and taking control of what God has given us. That only good, only glory in the, in honoring God should be coming out of our mouths. Anything else, it's just, you know, I've I've offered this too to my children. If Jesus was sitting right there, you know, is he going to be okay with the words coming out of your mouth? Is Jesus going to be okay with what you're watching? Is Jesus going to be okay with the video games? Would he be like, this is amazing? Or would he be like, sweetie? Mm-hmm. And it, it, in fact, I shared that with Caleb the other night and he very honestly said, you know what? I don't think he'd be okay with this. All right, there you go. I said, that's the Holy Spirit gaugeometer. <laughs> yeah. And we have to we have to turn that on, make sure it stays on with the self-control thing. Otherwise, all sorts of stuff is going to be happening. Well, you see where uh, we're very passionate about politics or even sports or whatever, but even specifically, you see why people are so passionate about, about this, about Christianity. Mm-hmm. We should stick up for the faith and like, Absolutely. But would Jesus want you displaying it in the way that you're displaying it? Like if we're getting a conversation about some of the, uh, with somebody that's an atheist mm-hmm. is the right thing to do. And I think debates are great. I mm-hmm. think when you have these, uh, these, what is it? Right brained people. What are the smart brained people? <laughs> the non-creative, but incredibly intelligent. I don't know. I mean, right You're brain. asking somebody who's probably not that side that, of the brain. Yeah. So that's not us. Maybe it's the left. I don't know. But you see these people who go to MIT and Harvard and they can oh. just have this incredible analytical debate mm-hmm. and then go to coffee afterwards. Um, as where, as, whereas maybe I shouldn't be the one on the debate podium because I, I would struggle with this. I'm not taking it you, personally. Those people would tell you, and I have one of those, one of those brains as a son, he he struggles with the social part of it. Okay. So okay. those who are more feeling help bring balance to those who are more analytical. And one without the other is, isn't as great. That's why God created variety. Well, and socially, that's certainly true. But just in this, the the um, I'm giving a compliment to somebody that can okay. tame down the emotions sure. in see. a heated discussion mm-hmm. and, or an important discussion. Because I would take it to a heated place a lot of the time. And so I think that's just something that I look at as why do we get in this this uncontrollable rage mm-hmm. about something that's so great to us, about the love of Jesus that we appreciate, the gentleness, the forgiveness, and we're going to sit here and argue till we're red in the face about whether Jesus was a man, about 500 witnesses saw him you know, here, and I love the factual evidence of that. But shouldn't I also be more self-controlled and loving if I'm in a discussion with somebody that doesn't believe my faith? Sure. And I understand why you would look at someone who is able to maybe have more control over their emotions mm-hmm. uh, and, and not react as as much as you or I would tend to. Uh, but also, you know, I have a son with Asperger's who's very literal and he has to work on controlling his tongue, not because he's overly charged emotionally, but because it may come across his his literal matter of fact oh, right. yeah. type of style in, in talking with people, it may become offensive to the other if he's not careful. He's just speaking honestly, but you have to, to go about with sensitivity as well. So, I mean, both sides, we have to, we have to see that there is going to be a control issue, whether we're controlling our anger or just controlling, hmm, 
Should I say this before I've thought it through? Will this affect somebody else and try to empathize with them? Uh, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Being able to sit down and really go over an important, and whether that is Christianity itself, sure. whether that's hot button political issues, be able to, in a loving way, be, just be controlled. Yeah. And don't fly off at the handle. I love what you said about knee-jerk response. Often the enemy, or always, I think the enemy is just like, you got to react now. Sure. You, you feel this way right now? Do it Send out. it out. Send it out to him. Tell him. No, I, the Bible also teaches patience, which is another one of these that we've mm -hmm. gone over. Like, think about it, reflect, think about, even if it isn't a, a discussion, take a couple of seconds. If it's in a text, take a, a few minutes for that matter. I would love to share an example in the Bible. Moses was this guy that God chose to use and his life story wasn't perfection because he started out pretty shaky after murdering somebody. He flew off the handle. He flew off the handle. He saw an Egyptian uh, I guess you could call him like an Egyptian general or a captain or something, beating down a Hebrew slave. And he knew those were his people because Moses had status in Pharaoh's courts because he had been raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He took it upon himself to put that Egyptian captain in his place and he killed him. Right. And so he, he didn't, he didn't respond. He reacted. He didn't control he flew off the handle. And we see evidence of this throughout Moses' life because, and, and trust me, I think of all the people in the Bible besides Jesus, Moses had due cause, according to worldly standards, to go off on people. Right. We are talking decades of listening to whining, whining, whining in the wilderness. The whole reason why they went through the wilderness in the first place, to, through the desert to get to the promised land we're going to go in. It's going to be amazing. God has given us his word. There's these miraculous signs. He parts the Red Sea so that they can cross over. All of Pharaoh's armies destroyed in the Red Sea. I mean, it's just quite impressive the things that happen, including like when they need food. Uh, meals are provided from out of nowhere with quail and manna. I'm saying all of this to say, even then they get to the promised land and the Israelites are like, I no, I don't think we can do this. So then they have to wander for uh, 40 years. Can you imagine 40 years of constant nagging and complaining and whining? And you are the only person truly in relationship, it feels like, to God. Because nobody wants to talk to God. You talk to God, Moses. You talk to God. And Aaron, his brother, is a priest. So there's you know, partial, at least, relationship there. But the most connection with God is Moses. Okay? And it's... So it's like everybody's taking their problems to Moses. And even Moses' father-in-law comes over to him and says, what are you doing? You're listening to everybody's problems. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people, potentially millions. I don't know the number. Mm -hmm. Complaining to one person. Yeah. So one day, Moses has had enough. And it had happened before when the children needed water that he took the staff and God instructed him to hit the rock and water came out for them to drink. This day, he out of anger, <laughs> no self-control, bangs that rock with his staff. And you may or may not know the rest of the story. Water does come out. God honors what he's done. But then he takes Moses aside and says, because you did not trust me in this moment. You disobeyed. You did not ask me about this. You just did it and took it into your own hands. You will never get to the promised land. Now, I have family members who even think that's harsh. 
They're like, that's not fair. Well, who are we to say what's fair and not fair? God's the one who created the standard. Okay, so, but that's what happened. And you think about this guy who was so patient, so patient, and he dealt with so much, so much, so much, and finally blew his lid. Yeah. It's still not okay. God expects us to fall in line with what he's asked us to do. And he realizes that because we're human, we will fail every time. So that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit. I I think that is a great analogy for what seems like the right thing, but the wrong intention. Yes. With with one of those hard discussions he, that we were but referring to. he was just to. doing the thing he did before, Carter. Yeah, I, I, I said that last time. Yeah, you said it because you were being educational or instructive. This time you were kind of yelling at him. Your heart was not in the right place this time. Uh, I do want to go back to what you said. What did you say about 40 years of nagging? What did, what exactly did you, can you imagine 40 years of nagging? See, yes. my my dad's the type of guy that in the back of the church, if the pastor uh-huh. said that from stage, I'm almost there. I can about imagine it. Yeah, before I said it, I thought of people like your dad. <laughs> and then my mom would be embarrassed. Oh, I'm not nagging. I'm and not the, nagging. And people look at her and they go, we know she's the saint in the Let, situation. Let's but. be honest here. Let's look at some husband-wife scenarios, though, in the light of self-control or Mm -hmm. any relationship for that matter. Uh, I think because God built us differently. Of course, he built every part of the human race differently, every culture, every civilization. They've got their own, you know, their own upbringing, and they bring their own baggage or, or suitcases to the table, right? But for men and women, he has designed them specifically to be a great balancing act for each other. And I was thinking about that this morning, actually. If you put uh, on those, what do you call them? The scales. The justice in the scales. You know? Oh, yeah, for the court. Yeah. Right. Yeah, perfectly balanced. Uh, even if they're on totally opposite ends of the spectrum, the man and the woman on a matter, there's still balance there because we're going to be able to speak into it from our own perspectives. But I told the Lord, I was like, I don't want to live my life with that giant gap between myself and my let's say my husband, if we disagree on something. But he reminded me, he said, well, okay, so it's not just opposite ends of the spectrum that you get perfect balance, Rochelle. It's actually when you come in the middle, Mm. you meet in the middle, you still have that balance. And I thought that's really, really good. So why do women nag? I think because God has created men to not be as verbose. And so if if you're tired and you come home, let's say after a long day of work, and I'm going to pretend like I know what men are thinking, but I'm assuming this, that you just need some space to chill for a sec. And we're maybe we've had more time to think about the to-do list is still there and we still need to check things off. And we've had an agreement about it before. Are you still cool to do this thing? Except I haven't given my husband that, that few minutes that he needs because he's not wired the same way I am. I am. Am I respecting that? So what is the tendency then to nag? Did you hear what I said? Why are you? Why aren't you responding to me? Well, he doesn't want to respond because he doesn't want to say anything ugly. It's going to hurt me, offend me. So he's trying to show self control. <laughs> Whereas I, on the other hand, if I am nagging and I'm taking it to that place and not giving him his space, I'm not. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of and it goes both ways. Clearly, uh, he can fly off the lid. Let's say the husband flies off the lid about something because. He has had enough but because he has not responded at all and controlled himself with a response. May I have a few moments or whatever? Then there's going to be all sorts of more. There's more problems there. Right. Anyway, all of that to say, 
the exercising of self-control goes beyond just eating too much Thanksgiving food. That's true. That's very true. And and obviously we we kind of focused in on sure. uh, this one particular thing. But going back to what gotquestions.org says, the one definition of sin is filling a legitimate need through illegitimate means, mm-hmm. a.k.a. that God-shaped whole, you know, yeah. uh, analogy that maybe you've heard trying to fill with anything else. Uh, without the power of the Holy Spirit, we're incapable of knowing and choosing how best to meet our needs. So in terms of uh, self-control, mm-hmm. it's the ability to control oneself. It involves moderation. When you, you think about food or you think about the next the next word, constraint, talk about these responses and knee-jerk responses, and also the ability to say no to our desires and fleshly lusts. Mm-hmm. So clearly a response type of what we've what we've talked about but you talk about lust itself you talk about you know people have affinity for different types of addictions mm-hmm. and being able to uh, control that even the temptations there but having the wherewithal to have an accountability partner or go to counseling about it or or get in a meeting and and know that i'm not even when you stumble it's I'm not choosing and giving into this constantly. Mm-hmm. I told my students once why I feel I feel pretty strongly about this, that let's just say that you are going to play in the big football game and your team doesn't win it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with something like this in the Christian walk, uh, this is just this is just me talking that it's about showing up to play the game. Mm-hmm. You showed up. Sometimes you're going to lose. Sometimes you're going to win. And certainly as we grow, we hope that we win those battles more often than not uh, in terms of staying away from sin. Yeah. Uh, But are you showing up to play the game or are you like, you know what, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do this and God will forgive me. It's clearly like there's so many places of like, no, just because Jesus offers forgiveness doesn't mean you should go on sinning. Yeah. Paul says that too. That's good. Uh, I was thinking about this morning I was reading over the time of Nero, the emperor, and the church in Ephesus, uh, that Timothy, who was kind of a, a disciple of the Apostle Paul, um, the church that he was in charge of, people were leaving left and right. It was a scary time. And we kind of know something about scary times here in 2020, uh, but this was one of those times where specifically Nero was persecuting Christians in a horrific ways. And I won't go into details in case children are listening, but you the sky is the limit in your imagination. Mm. He was doing it to people. And so they were leaving the church because they're like, no, not worth it kind of thing. Uh, They were not sticking to their faith. They were like, no, I I go back to the old ways. And so then you have to wonder were they truly invested in their faith or not. I don't want to ever be considered by another or by my Lord as not invested in it. Mm. And so am I giving him my full focus and attention? Where I mean, whether times are good or whether times are bad. You know, you, we were talking about addiction there. Uh, we're talking about those kinds of things. Maybe that doesn't even apply to you. But on a daily basis, I'm faced with my own humanity and my own emotional um, spectrum and that I can go off the handle at any moment. And that involves needing self-control. And I, I need to engage that always um, because it it's... <laughs> It's not beneficial for his kingdom. And if this life is truly not about me, and it's not about you even, it's about God and his kingdom moving forward. And and in the eternal light of what Jesus did for us on the cross and dying and rising again, 
how am I showing others that I've wrote, I've risen with him if I'm living the same old junk out over and over again? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he says, I know that you can't do that on your own, Rochelle. That's why these are fruit of my spirit. Am I spending time with him so he rubs off on me as well? It, because self-control, I remember as a child even recognizing that's the one that I struggle with the most. I've always had passion. I've always had a big mouth. I've always just ugh, gone off the handle. If it's about something I disagree with somebody in regards with faith, especially that. Because we're the most passionate about our faith. And for some reason, that entitles me, justifies my going off at another person because they've said something that's not right. I do not want to be a Saul. I want to be a Stephen. You see the scenario of Saul before he becomes Paul. He feels like he's doing everything right. Because according to the law, it feels like he is doing everything right. But he is not interpreted the law according to the one who came to fulfill it. He's not interpreting it towards the, uh, in the standards of Jesus. Stephen has encountered Jesus. And so you see the humility of one who lays down his arms while others pick up stones to throw them at him to kill him. And Paul is sitting there observing and cheering it on uh, at the time is Saul. You know, I do not want to pick up stones to throw at other people because that makes me like the one who persecutes others. And I, that's, that's not my position. Right. Yeah. You know, so there is, the scripture is filled with different examples of ways that we can learn and observe. And if you've messed up and you've gone off the handle about stuff, even if you've picked up, like you've, you've struck a person, you've hurt somebody. Listen, there's always forgiveness and grace through Jesus. There's accountability as well. Um, but I just want you to know you're not a lost cause. You actually are in good company with people who've messed up too. Mm-hmm. But this is yeah. where the Holy Spirit can step in and, and make the difference. So what about, the, you know, with this week, of course, you could be listening to this in the year 3000. Um, say hey to the future for us. Wow. Uh, but if you're listening to this before Thursday, before Thanksgiving, then uh, what are some ways, because I have one example. I wonder if you if you have a, a way, Rochelle, of being self-controlled, um, I'm going to not acknowledge the food part of it, um, <laughs> uh, but it, really in these discussions, and, and I, I just keep bringing this one up because I think it's just where we're at as a society right now. Uh-huh. You're going to get in an argument in some some way or, or can because mm-hmm. somebody else will try to pull you into it. Sure. Uh, so how can we be self-controlled with the family members, whether it's Zoom or whatever it is, on Thanksgiving when they try to talk about politics or they or they try to talk about beliefs or those those past mistakes that you've made and now you've changed your life and they don't believe it. I and mean, there's just all, all sorts of things. And I think one way to be self-controlled and calm and cool and collected is to just listen. Now, it might also be going outside and getting fresh air, yeah. but it might just be listen and then just let them get it out and then just ask questions. If, you, they, if they keep ranting. Here's a way to listen. Shove a roll in your mouth. There you go. I am not even kidding. Shove a bite of food in your mouth, uh-huh. chew it and choose to listen. Listen. And then if it's, Chew and choose. Chew I, and choose. I like that. And then even if it's ridiculous, feel free to ask me a question. Why do you feel that way? Ah. I mean, I think it can get to a human. No, it might be one of those things of, no, Aunt Kathy just crazy. Like, I mean, it yeah. might just be that. But then, then the self-control is still there to not be crazy, too. And what triggers, what triggers the outburst from you, generally? Mine is when I get interrupted. So if somebody, You really think that? 
<laughs> Stop it. Are you sure? Stop it. <laughs> if I'm interrupted and I was on a trail of sharing something mm-hmm. that, whoa, I I wasn't finished. And I can tell that you have an impassioned reply here. So I'm going to get a little louder. Not just my volume, my my presence mm-hmm. gets bigger in terms of like, just kind of like start to, hey. And then you start to feel that blood rush up your neck and. That happened actually the other day uh, in talking to my mother, who is my best girlfriend ever. Mm-hmm. Love my mom. And we're having a very cordial conversation. I was almost done sharing my thought and something happened that interrupted and she started to share into what we were speaking about. And I cut her off and I had to text her later. I said, mom, I, if I offended you because I did that, I am, I'm really sorry. I was wrong. I should have let, you know, I need to do this. I need to control my passion in regards to these types of conversations. And, yeah. And yeah, I had to humble myself. I don't want to get, I don't want it to get to that point again, though. So I'm going to be, I'm going to have like three bread rolls right there, just in case. I think that's a good idea. I think <laughs> they're, and make those one of those sandwiches. We were talking to Mike Weaver at Big Daddy Weave. There you, you go. Know, make it even, he was talking about leftovers, but even make a roll. You get the dressing, the cranberry, the turkey, the mashed oh. potatoes all right there. Which sounds really good, but it also sounds like you could be overeating. So if it's a celery stock, again, it's a I'm celery stock. I'm not going to talk about self-control in Fine. regards to food, but I, I think it's a great strategy and to, I like what you did, apologize. Apologize for what you did. Yeah. So let's say Aunt Kathy's crazy, uh-huh. but you do interrupt her or you fly off the handle and one, even with just one little thing that you said. Oh, yeah. I think being a bigger person and apologizing later is a great strategy for next time. Absolutely. Or even in that moment. Yeah. You, you know, in that moment, you messed up. If you find it appropriate, find an appropriate in because you don't want to interrupt her and say, hey, listen, I just want to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might not be well received. But find him. I would say, look, I just flew off the handle and I promised that I wasn't going to do that. And I want you to know that you have your right to the way you feel. Mm-hmm. This is your feeling. I want you to feel validated with that. I may disagree with you, but that's probably out of my own experience or what I feel the Lord is leading me to do. So I, I just want to honor you with <sighs> this moment. It's know? tough if they if sure. they're accusing you of something. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Oh, when is. you know they're dead wrong and their feelings are wrong, <laughs> like yeah. they feel that way. You but, just start praying. I yeah. mean it. In your mind, say, Jesus, I'm getting riled. Yeah. And I'm letting yeah. it get to me. Lord, what did you do? And, you know, Jesus, it's interesting. A lot of the times he was gathering with people and eating. <laughs> That's <laughs> so true. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, he took some pita bread and shoved it in his mouth. Just <laughs> I th- that is a big fault of mine is I, I get through the moment and then I pray about it later. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good thing start of praying. pray mm-hmm. right then. Breathe, start practicing those breathing techniques maybe. Whether it's this or whether it's a temptation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. pray right then. Um, so, hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. I, I want to say this one thing that you reminded me of. There is somebody in my world that I will not name that I cannot believe, and it's just the way their brain works. They're thinking about what they're going to say. But I cannot believe how late in my sentence they interrupt me. There's a lull in the conversation, so now it's anybody's game, right? Right. Sometimes this happens. Rochelle starts to start talking. So So I was, (laughs) sometimes that happens, okay? That just happens. Right. I'm not kidding. This person will get, they start telling a story, Rochelle, and I'm, I'll show you how late in the sentence they, they'll interrupt me. So there I was. I was at the supermarket and I got the and last And I was also one. thinking about that. <laughs> and the uh, and she's re- replying to what happened in the last sentence. Yes. And yes. I'm like, how? I was like almost done with a story. I wonder how that happened. You get the seat next to them next Thanksgiving when we're allowed to be together. <laughs> 
And the moment that you see them open their mouth while you're still sharing, you take that giant spoon of mashed potatoes and just shove it in there. In their mouth? Well, yeah, because they'll they won't be upset at you. They'll be pleased with mashed potatoes. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Stick with me, kid. I'll give you all the Bible resources you need.